0: welcome to rock bible church (laughs) uh it's great to have you it's great to have you and i know you have many uh opportunities and uh family friends and such that you could spend your christmas eve with and we thank you for spending it with us and singing and worshiping and hearing scripture uh, and celebrating amen Uh, Normally at church you show up and they pass out a bulletin, you sing a few songs, and then there's announcements. We have only one announcement today. You ready for it? Fear not, for behold, I bring you great news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen? Amen. What an announcement. That's what we celebrate. That's why you're here. That's why you're going to eat too much. You already spent too much. And tomorrow you're going to spend recovering, right? Trash cans will be full, the whole thing, and we're going to enjoy it uh, because we have a great God and a great Savior. And uh, we're going to go ahead and look at a little bit of the story. We've been going through a series uh, at church, The Road to Bethlehem, and this is the last one. 7 of 7. Uh, so if you'd like to follow along in a Bible, we have ushers who uh, who have Bibles uh, and such coming down, and you can get that from them. If you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. You can fill out that card and drop it on the offering plate at the end. Um, but other than that, everything's going to be up on the screen. It's Christmas Eve, so we're going easy on you. There's no fill-ins. You just can watch and follow along if you like. If you want a Bible or a pen, get their attention. But we're going to go ahead uh, and get right into Luke chapter 2. We're going to meet the wise men tonight uh, who heard about Jesus and decided to do something about it. Before we do that, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your son. And we thank you for the promises that you have made to your people and how you have kept every single one. We thank you, Lord, that the majority of them were fulfilled in your son, Uh, through his birth, through his life, his teaching, his miracles, and then his death, his resurrection, and his ascension to your right hand. I pray, Lord, that that is what we are worshiping this evening. Pray, Lord, you would be with us in the reading of your word, in our songs, in our prayers. Uh, Lord, be with our families and the time that we spend together. Uh, But may we do all of it in honor of you, and we pray in your son Jesus' name, amen. We have looked at Bethlehem and its importance, the title, Emmanuel, and what that meant in Old Testament prophecy. Uh, We've looked at Zachariah and Elizabeth and their dilemma, uh, Joseph and Mary, and their greeting from the angel, and how were they going to handle it. We even talked about the birth of Jesus uh, this morning. Uh, in Luke chapter 2. Tonight, uh, we want to show you the the second group of guys that showed up. The first group of guys was the shepherds. We talked about them. There was a second group of guys that showed up. Uh, They were the wise men. And you know, they kind of get cheated at Christmas time. Uh, Jesus gets most of the press. Uh, The little drummer boy gets some attention. Uh, We hear about the shepherds and the angels and Mary and Joseph and so much. Uh, But there were these wise men uh, told to us in Matthew chapter 2 uh, who heard about something going on. It must have been important enough that they'd heard it uh, really far away. In fact it says they're from the East. so I want to I want to introduce to you tonight some men outside the culture from far away who got a shot and got to be part of Christmas. Uh, Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. There in Jerusalem they saw a star, they've come from very far away Uh, This is uh, interesting and factually correct because uh, you know what's right next to Jerusalem? Bethlehem. So the star got them nice and close, but not exactly there. And they show up in the big town of Jerusalem and they figure uh, social media will help them figure out where this child is. They get there and they start asking around because they want to find out more about him. Is that a little miraculous? That's kind of fun. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, They departed to their own country by another way. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. We have uh, really uh, men who have no business being there. They shouldn't know about this. And yet the story has become uh, great enough that a Messiah was coming, that it would come through a virgin, uh, that it would come in Bethlehem, uh, that they heard about it from far, far away. Why get involved? Why go on a trip? Uh, these were obviously important men. They, they were men of means. They had uh, treasures that they could open and from which give gifts. Uh, they had plenty of things they could do with their time and probably the means to do those things. And that they heard about God. And they said, let's go see. In fact, I love uh, really one of the th- first things that they say, uh, and that is, where is he? Uh, in this story, we get this announcement of 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 Jesus, and I think this story, because it comes after Christmas, really gives us four great responses to Christmas. You know, the six sermons in the series that we've led up to this have all pretty much been leading up to Christmas and what was happening beforehand. This story happens after his birth. And so I think it gives us four uh, great things to notice, uh, that the wise men, uh, all set an example for us. It's interesting to me, uh, they're not Jewish. They're not the correct people. And yet, they get four things absolutely correct. And they give us hope. Uh, How many of you are Jewish? Not many, right? I got two in the room. Amen. Bonnie, Levy, you guys should meet. Okay? Shalom, right? And, And by marriage, right? You got a third one, two and a half right? Except she's my Aunt Susie, so you count as a whole. We got three. Uh, The rest of us, this is great news because uh, secular wise men got to be fully involved. First thing I want you to see, first response to Christmas I think that we get from them uh, actually comes in two different places. They show up saying, where is he? It's a great question, isn't it? It's a great question that can be asked the wrong way. You see, the wise men uh, show up because they genuinely genuine... I think there was a Buick in there somewhere. They genuinely wanted to know about this Messiah, about this prophecy, because they wanted to come, they wanted to worship, they wanted to pay their respects, maybe give a gift. They had the right heart, they had the right intention in their approach. You know in verse four, we get the exact same question: Where is he? but we get it with all the wrong intent. I want to know just enough about him to eliminate him, to discount him, to discredit him. Uh, I don't want to acknowledge any power that he might have or that he he may have a care of me or affect my life. Uh, that was the question that Herod asked. We have two different men asking the same questions, but for two very different reasons. Uh, The reality is you're asking that question in one of those two same ways. You really genuinely wanna know and you wanna experience God and you will. Uh, The rest, they ask so that they can discredit or think that they can find something in the Bible that's inconsistent or whatnot, go for it, absolutely. Find as many inconsistencies in the Bible as you possibly can, they're all over the place and the more you study them, the more you'll realize there's good sense to them and they're not actually inconsistencies. They're just beyond your understanding for the moment you see we have to be asking the question where is he and I think there's no better question in response to Christmas today than that question where is he in your life today where is he in politics where is he in social media where is he in our current thinking in our culture globally Uh, with the proliferation of technology that doesn't work at a Christmas Eve service. It works in a lot of other ways, and we're getting more and more connected as humankind. And we're getting more and more interaction with different cultures, and you know what we need to do? We need to learn about them and accept them and love them because that announcement I gave you said it was for all people. And we need to figure out where is he in other cultures? Where is he in our interaction, in our approach, in our hearts? how we feel about things, in our minds, how we think about things? Where is he should be the question of the day every day. Our second response to Christmas, I think we get at verse 11. It says, they, they came in, they found him, and they fell down, and they worshiped him. Why do you want to find him? You want to find him because you want to you want something to worship. Have you figured this out? We all worship something. We worship a car. We worship a job. We worship attention, accolades. We worship material possession. We worship opportunity. We worship relationships. We are creatures of worship. And the reality is we love having somebody ahead of us. We love having a boss or a parent or someone who, who can show us how it's done, can fix it when it's broken, can give us direction, correct us, heal us, all those kind of things. You know, we're absolutely designed for a creator God who's all-powering, all-encompassing, all-knowing, and ever-present. The God of the Hebrews is absolutely perfect God for us. And the question we should be asking is, where is he? So that we can acknowledge him, honor him. That's not what Herod wanted to do. But it is what the wise men wanted to do. And it's kind of interesting because it could have been a great little in search of uh, worldwide adventure, go find something, and then go back home and go back to the regular life. But instead, they went searching to uh, have it engulf them, change them, affect them. And it's a great approach to Christmas. Uh, what you get at Christmas tomorrow, when you unwrap it, How long should it last? How long should your gifts last after you unwrap them? Till the battery runs out? No, you should be able to get new batteries, right? I'm 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 not talking about gifts like when you're driving over the border back into the States. Those things you buy and they last about two weeks, maybe sometimes two days. Others maybe two hours. You know, the gifts that we get tomorrow, what do we want for them? We want them to last and to last and to last. We want that from our God as well. We want a God that works, that lasts, that goes on, uh, that's capable. And when we have that, we, we truly have something to worship. Our third response that we get from, from the wise men is they offered him gifts. In verse 11, it also says that they opened their treasures and they offered him gifts if you have found out that God was real and you experienced him in a real way, the natural response would be to engage him and take some of the things that he has given you and use them in honoring him. See, there's one thing to worship and sing the songs. There's another thing to go beyond that and have it affect your life in the way that you uh, stretch your muscles, the places that you spend your time, the way that you serve and help fellow mankind bring peace to the world. We want to offer our gifts to him and to his creation. So it's a great third response we get from Christmas. And then the last response we get from the wise men, uh, they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod. And I love this little implication. It says, and they departed in their, to their own country by another way. They departed another way. When we approach Christmas and we understand Christmas for everything that it is, we should depart from Christmas back to our country, back to our lives, back to our everyday. But when we go back to those things, we go back to them another way. We avoid the bad, the wrong, the evil, and we turn to the good, the right, the healthy. Christmas is the beginning of what helps us define what is right and wrong. What is the value of culture? What is the value of another person? What is my own value? And who sets the standard for all of those things? When we start to get those things straight, we know exactly who to worship. We know where to put our gifts. And we know how to depart from things on our way to the next things. And then we have the freedom to show up and engage and be present in any environment that we're at. I think Christmas is one of the greatest things uh, of all time. I'm a little biased. This is what I do. I'm hoping that you see that it's one of the greatest things of all your time and that you use Christmas as a standard of measure going forward because as you do, you get to benefit from Christmas and then you get to benefit from Christmas. What comes next? Easter. Freedom. From what could be wrong, what could hurt you, but freedom to do what's right and to do what's good for others. This is God's desire, that there would be good news and great joy for all people. That's why we celebrate. Amen? And it's a different celebration than just winning a soccer game. Is winning a soccer game is temporal, right? Winning a competition is temporal. Winning the lottery is temporal. What we win with God is we win an eternal experience. And that can start today. It's meant to start today. And that's why he showed up on the planet. That's why he walked among us. To make sure that that began. That's the greatest gift. Now, we're going to go home. And uh, we're going to eat and we're going to be around family and you're going to love them and you're going to be nice to them and you're going to smile and the whole thing. And everything that you do, you're going to remember in some way ties back to all of the stories of Christmas. May it be the gifts tomorrow that you open up, just like the wise men gave gifts and they were open. Uh, May it be the food and how God provides for you. Uh, But do me a favor. Say grace and then live each day. In response to Christmas, Amen. We love you, and we hope that you have a great holiday season and a great New Year. And then, hopefully, we'll see you next Sunday, nine and eleven. There's your commercial. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for a night set aside for you. There's so many different things that we do in our faith and in our life. That's a day. morning, Uh, very few are nights set aside for you. So we thank you for Christmas Eve, and we thank you for how important it has become in our culture, a time where we're almost demanded to spend with family and with friends and to be generous, to cook, to gather. Pray, Lord, that we would see that as a sign of you uh, making your son's day important. And then, Lord, help us to fully engage in it. I pray for those, Lord, that are are hurting and maybe have lost someone or something or maybe this is a hard time of year. I pray, Lord, you would remind them of your faithfulness, of all of the promises that you have made and kept and your desire to be in, in a healthy relationship with them and that you are alongside them. And then, Lord, I pray that they would engage you We thank you for the the highs and the lows, Lord, for the great joy that we have uh, in celebrating with you. And we pray all of this in your son, Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take the offering. Okay. If you would, bow with me so I can pray for the offering. Lord, thank you that when we make mistakes, we are forgiven. And Lord, we thank you for the offering that we're about to receive, and pray that you would use it uh, to build your kingdom even right here in in our hearts. And so, Father, uh, bless this offering, bless those who give and who uh, cannot, and then, Lord, for those who are guests or visiting, we pray, Lord, they feel no obligation to give. Uh, But we pray all this in your Son, Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And now, as we're taking the offering, I would love to invite the children to come up. We're going to do a special song uh, with Ashley and Ricky with the children up on the stage. So, if you feel like you're a child of any age and would like to sing, come on up. Yeah. three? Okay. Uh, this is a real fun part of our Christmas tradition. We, you all have candles uh, and we are going to go ahead and ask the ushers to come up and maybe some of the other uh, able-bodied, maybe the, the couple of the stills boy, that'd be kind of cool to have them up. And we're going to start the flame up here from the Christ candle and then we're going to pass it around. So as your candle gets lit maybe help someone else uh, get their candle lit as well And then once we're all lit, we're going to sing and we're going to turn out the lights and we're going to have a candle lit silent night singing.
1: So
0: So Merry Christmas!
1: Merry Christmas.
0: And may you have a great time with your family. May you always know where he is. Amen. 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 Go with him. Uh, blow out your candles. Take the <laughs> candles from the kids.
1: <laughs>
0: and then we'll have some back boxes on the back that you can uh, drop them in on your way out. Okay. Get yourself a candy cane.